Hello and welcome to KIOS at the Movies. I'm your host, Josh Willabure, and I'm here with Patrick Kinney and Diana Martinez from Film Streams. Hi. Hey. And we're talking about the film, Voinorovich. Last night I was standing around here looking at my photographs. They're my life, and I don't know what to anybody to distort that just for their comfort. Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two. Test, test. When I was diagnosed with this virus, it didn't take me long to realize I'd contracted a disease society as well. We will make America great again. Is the fact that I may be dying of AIDS in 1989, is that not political? Is the fact that I don't have health insurance and I don't have access to adequate health care, is that not political? The art of David Wojnarowicz has recently been at the center of controversy because the subject matter deals with sexuality and AIDS. Whatever work I've done, it's always been informed by what I experienced as an American in this country, as a homosexual in this country, as a person who's legislated into silence in this country. Voinarovich is a deeply felt and moving documentary about the artist and AIDS activist David Voinarovich that pulls no punches. The passion, righteous anger, and fire in his artwork depicting the pain of growing up gay in an oppressive world, to the fight for healthcare and for some kind of government response to the AIDS epidemic sweeping New York City and the rest of the country in the late 80s are all on display in this film, and culminate to make a film that feels raw and honest, and above all, it seems to speak about how much progress we've made, but how much there's still left to do. The film at first seemed too quick for my sensibility with so much information and music coming at me, but by the end of the film, I felt like I really got introduced to someone. Someone that had a significant impact on the world. Someone that was gone too soon. Voinarovich is a must-watch in my opinion. Not only because of the artwork, but also to understand that there is no separation between the personal and the political. As politics is everything we do, from art to healthcare. Patrick and Diana, what did you think about Voinarovich? It was a tough movie, but a very good film. I like I like this film. This is a good this is a really good documentary. And I think we'll talk more about it, but I really appreciated that it didn't fall into some of the traps that a lot of biographical documentaries fall into. And I also just really liked him. Um yeah. I didn't know much about uh him personally just knew the artwork but i don't think i'd ever like heard him like speak or seen like the video um and i was just like i really like respect him as an Mm -hmm. artist and what he's trying to do but also like his political ideology which is usually not something i come away with being like i like this artist or like they seem non-pretentious like it's usually not (laughs) what i leave off with at the end of a documentary about them, but that was definitely the feeling I got here. It was just really grounded. This film was entertaining, as difficult of the subject matter as it Mm. was. um, It moved along very quickly, and I think told the story really well. I'm glad to hear you say that, because I was so interested in Wanarovich that I sort of was like, while watching it, I was like, I I don't know if I lost track of if this is a good movie or not. (laughs) You know, like, how did the filmmaking hang together, actually? I was just sort of Maybe that's a good sign that I was just so interested in the subject matter. I had a rough time with the filmmaking at first. Okay. Um, I felt like when they were establishing who he was that I was like, man, this person is so interesting and I love his voice and I love seeing the artwork and learning more about this person. 
Um, but I think at first it felt like edited like a, like the real world or something. Like it was just so quick and there was so much music and it felt so scattered. Yeah, I don't think it helped that there was like those grainy pictures of New York that's literally like the, yeah. the opening <laughs> sequence of the real world with like graffiti and trains and yeah. black and white graininess, very edgy. And the way the music is done and how quick the editing was um, and it would just change songs so much that I was feeling very like detached. But something happens and it kind of clicks and starts to make sense. And and I really started to love learning more about this man and and it transcended all of the problems I thought that maybe the film had at first. And especially when they get more into his political life. So I know I was aware of him, but I wasn't aware of his art. So it all came together by the end of it where I was just like, okay, I'm on board for this for sure. And I think it's an incredibly important film that everyone should watch and and watch the whole thing. Yeah. I actually, um, I was not very aware of him as a, as a visual artist, as a painter. Although I knew that he was, that he did, you know, films and photography and uh, that he was a painter. Um, I actually, first came across him a little over a year ago, right before COVID-19. I read a book called The Lonely City, which really prepared me for (laughs) uh, life alone, home alone for a year. But he was one of the artists profiled in that book, which is a profile of six artists that for the, uh, like embody like uh, artists who are expressing loneliness or solitude. Um, And she mostly focused on uh, his landmark book, Close to the Knives, which uh, is a collection of writings that he did, I think, entirely after he had he knew his his HIV diagnosis, um, which, you know, this period is covered later in the film. Um, there's a and I'm, you know, one of the people walking to the documentary who really only know him for that activism and that writing that he did. Then uh, I did read Close to the Knives after that, um, which is a really searing um, document of somebody who is, um, not, not content to die peacefully. He was extremely politicized by his AIDS diagnosis and the fact that, um, he knew that he was dying of a a disease that could have been prevented with education and other resources. He was just not silent at all. Just, it really, uh, activated him for the last, you know, three or four years of his life. I think one of the most important things about this film too, is just, you know, when he got activated, just as a reminder, maybe to even our generation and the newer generation of just how radical this movement was, how much anger there was um, because of the lack of comprehensive health care and the lack of response to this epidemic and something that we're seeing now mm-hmm. with COVID-19 there was such a lack of a response and this was like a worldwide thing it wasn't affecting like one community um, and we're still having this conversation on who deserves health care and who deserves to live and I think it's important to learn the lessons of this movement and how they were able to make change for their community and how we can even take that a step further. And especially in the conversation about healthcare. I think for me, what was really important about this film 
And there's a line in the New Yorker review of this film that kind of like triggered this thinking for me is that um, I think there's a lot of nostalgia about like New York in the 1980s, um, you know, because now there's this idea that it's like clean and sterile and norm core and gentrified. And there's like a nostalgia for like the junkies on the street and the sex workers and the drug addicts and all that stuff. But what I really liked about this film and about the artist's own framing of the time is that he's very aware that like people are in pain. Like this is, it's not a romantic version of like a gritty, dirty New York street just so that people can feel more authentic and cool. Like people were dying of drug abuse, of AIDS, of poverty and homelessness, of starvation. Um, And I think dovetailing that with this like movement, um, I think really like shines a light on like how intersectional those things should be, right? That like healthcare is also just like treating people humanely, like making sure that everyone has access to it, not just when you have like a life-threatening illness, right? Like that's also something um, that I think was really important to him. And, and all the ways that like the art world can take um, these figures who are iconoclastic or like countercultural and very quickly like strips them of their political intent. And like, that's one of the things that he was so angry about um, in terms of like political art and why he was so wary about being in galleries and being in museums. It's because he was a political person um, and he didn't want to risk his art becoming apolitical by the very nature of like existing within this institution that's funded by billionaires for largely like a white upper-class audience. And like, I just really appreciated this film not taking that nostalgic look into this time and place that I think it has been become very cool by people like Fran Lebowitz um, to kind of like romanticize of like how New Yorkers were so much cooler and dangerous. Um, But it was also just like a space full of like a lot of pain and I appreciated that framing. Yeah, because a lot of that nostalgia is like, it feels like it's so misguided because on some level you understand that these people miss like a city that maybe a certain type of person could afford to live in at one time and make things. But at the same time, like, you know, with this gentrification, like people have just been pushed out. Like the pain and the drugs and all that stuff still exists. It's just like on the outskirts now or in other places or now it's like moving to suburbs oftentimes it's almost like we need a new way forward we can't just gentrify and push the problem away you know we have to find a way to actually like go after the problem which is the fact that we have so much inequality that we do value lives um differently in this country and the governments do and the powers that be value lives differently and and people are left behind all the time and just like you were talking about with like the apolitical the how a lot of thought you know leaders and stuff at the time and these activist movements later on are kind of stripped of their politics like martin luther king is the biggest example you know he talked so much about inequality and 
you know, the immorality of American capitalism and, and how radical he actually was. And I could see why this artist's fears were that that would happen to him as well. And I love that this film doesn't let that happen. It shows how radical it is and where that, you know, where his politics come from. Because politics is life. It's how we relate to each other. If you look up the word politics, it literally means like, basically, how do you relate in a society, right? So literally every single decision we make is political. And I think that I love that this artist like really shows that and we get to see that, you know, in in this film and, and with his own words. Well, I love the prank that he plays. <laughs> it's kind of a prank on like Robert Mnuchin. <laughs> Yes, And like, you know, he's being commissioned for an installation in the basement of their house. Right. Um, And because of his skepticism, his rightful skepticism towards like billionaires and rich people, he's like, I'm just going to take trash, trash and cockroaches and the gross. I think somebody said, like, if you looked at the room, you could just see tetanus, (laughs) (laughs) which is like, I don't know. I, I think this film. I really appreciated it for both describing how powerful art can be while also acknowledging that it has limits, right? Like it can't do everything. And Monarovich would say the same thing. Like his art is like trying to, to push people in a way, but like if material conditions don't change, right? If you don't have financial stability, if people don't have health care, like art can't do that for people. Like art can't save your life literally like health care does and money does and housing and all of those things. So like I really appreciated the kind of um, like how how tempered the valuation of art was here because I think there is a way to kind of um and I think I think this happens really often um especially recently with like films coming out of social justice minded filmmakers who maybe overvalue what art can do (laughs) right and here you have an artist who is making art while at the same time um, you know, acknowledging that like material conditions need to change before before anything else, right? Like at the end of the day, his work goes in a museum and that's only benefiting certain people. But what he can do is like push for these um, actual changes in the lives of, of humans. So with that, what should people watch with Wonorovich? I'm gonna recommend a movie that I think that might uh, not a lot might turn some people off or a lot of people, um, but it's one that I watched uh, in the spirit of things. In the spirit, it's, it's very much in the spirit of Winorovich. Um, it's a very offensive, very queer movie called Chocolate Babies that I know I watched it on on Vimeo. Actually, I think it's still for free online. Um, there, uh, I think that's where it's supposed to be too. I know that there's distribution stuff with it, but I think it's actually supposed to be, what I watched was legit. Um, but it is a, like a queer anarchist um, uh, narrative from like 1994, 1995 about a pack of 
radical 96, activists, actually. 96 yeah. radical activists who I think even call themselves terrorists, like queer terrorists who go after the stat, like they target um, like elected officials to try to get them to share resources for people with HIV and AIDS. Um, it is a very much like a loose indie film. I can't say that it's a great piece of filmmaking, but it was so in the spirit of Winorovich's wor uh, work. And I think it would pair, if you like this documentary and uh, the work in it, I think you should move on to Chocolate Babies. Cool. Um, mine is related, kind of, I think. Um, so my... Uh recommendation is um it's a short uh i think it's one hour documentary called tongues untied uh, from 1989 by marlon riggs um that focuses on um black gay men um in the 1980s and the whole point of the documentary is to talk about the intersection intersectionality of like racial difference and um sexuality which at the time was like really important like people weren't thinking about um you know all the different uh identities that one person could occupy and so this is a really great film it's a really um kind of foundational film um in like uh that like queer film theorists refer to often and that you often have to watch in, like queer film classes um so it's really short it's one hour i believe it's only available through canopy but possibly also other places um so yeah 1989's tongues untied by marlon riggs my recommendation is a film that i just genuinely love and as i was kind of becoming more of a political being myself and and um and getting into documentary films and stuff like that uh i saw the film the times of harvey milk and that movie was kind of a revelation for me um and i've just always thought harvey milk was such an inspiring person but also points out the violence perpetrated on queer folks and especially like with the way that Harvey Milk died by assassination and and then the other one I want to suggest is just as I was thinking about healthcare and the lack of access and one of the films that really made me angry about this subject and also radicalized me a little bit or politicized me a little bit is the 2007 Michael Moore film Sicko um, regardless of what you think about Michael Moore or whatnot, these people's stories and and this film specifically is about people with healthcare and just how these insurance companies are able to get away with denying people treatments and 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 all of this stuff. And it just has, you know, we've had the Affordable Care Act since this film came out, but you know, this still exists where massive amounts of people, especially now that COVID has happened, are underinsured or lost their insurance because they lost their jobs. And going back to this film that we just watched and just talking about the gay community at the time, just really fighting for healthcare. And it just kind of is sickening to me that we still have a capitalist healthcare system that denies people in mass and that is based on how much money you have on how well you can live. And I think it's, I'm just sick of it. So here we are. <laughs> You know, these films are still relevant and it makes me really angry. Well said. 
Voinarovich is available on Film Streams at Home. For KIOS, I'm Joshua LeBure. Film Streams, I'm Patrick Kinney. And for Film Streams, I'm Diana Martinez.